This week on the Baseline Podcast, Josh and I welcome back a very good friend of the show, Chris Drew from the Menace to Sports Podcast, and we are going to break down a lot of things with him. We know he's a big NBA guy. We know he loves college football, so we're going to talk all of it with him. We're going to talk about the NBA draft, what we think is going to happen in free agency, and then we're going to break down what the season ahead looks like for the Ohio State Buckeyes and what they might do this year that might shock a lot of people. All that and so much more coming up on the Baseline Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Baseline Podcast. I'm Ben, that's Josh, and yes, Chris is back with us. It's been so long. The last time we left off, it was ended up being demoralizing for Chris and I, um, but he is back uh, after many months away. We're, you know, we're going to be talking about some football. We're going to be talking about a lot of different things, but Josh and I both, I think we both can say, Josh, that uh, it's good to be back after we took a week off that just magically just took off yeah stupid work schedules and stuff man getting in the way of uh more podcast content but no, it's fine hey man like you say we got a guest on for the first time in a while and uh yeah. baby gronk never got back to my dm so uh we settled on chris and i think nobody's gonna be mad about that <laughs> chris how you doing i'm real good man i love doing this i love being on your guys' show so i'm happy to kind of be around i got the uh, got the little home studio today and i'm ready to talk all things with the round ball all things sports right true all things sports. <laughs> oh, yeah, all yeah. Things usually sports. we bring chris on to talk ohio state football and we definitely will today uh but we also uh want to tap into the nba too we know chris is a big nba fan maybe he can answer some of my questions ben's a little ben is a little bit more tapped into that scene as well uh but we did not get to talk about the finals last week since we didn't have yeah. an episode uh Denver and five guys. Anybody shocked by that? I mean, that's call I it. think that's Ben's prediction from the I from it. beginning. Yeah, I wasn't surprised at all. But uh, honestly, like like this this finals was was so odd, and for me, it was like kind of it was fun a coming of age almost like for for Denver because I always felt like Denver was one of those fun teams, and they reminded me kind of those early Thunder teams that had Kevin Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and uh, and James Harden in terms of like being able to stack talent, but we're not sure if the window will ever be there for them to win the title. Fortunately, they didn't run into that Heat team that that Thunder, that that Thunder team ran into back in the day. No LeBron, obviously on on this on this Heat team, and and, and the Heat team, while well coached, I think they greatly overachieved. Um, I don't yes. think they were the best team in the East, but you know sometimes in, in playoff basketball when certain guys get hot and, and certain coaches adjust better than others you get instances where teams make good runs and they were not well they were not the best team in the east suited enough to beat uh denver but for denver um obviously for the joker i mean he's he's now entered rare air i mean you got the back-to-back mvps obviously been three. got yeah nine, ah, th- th- three gets a little tricky he probably deserves to, to win a third but like you know how the nba voters are i know they like oh, yeah, they like course. they vote almost historically and it's like, yes. sure, he was the MVP in these three years. But like, think about all the guys that don't have three MVPs back to back to back. Or think about the guys that don't even have three MVPs, period. So we won't ever do that. And I think yeah. it's almost like a shame thing because like just on the MVP discussion, I think it's like a shame thing. because I think the NBA writers are still shameful that Kobe Bryant only finished with one MVP and Steve Nash finished with two. I think historically speaking, they just <laughs> never want to allow that to happen again. Because there's been a couple cases where like I, I thought James Harden should have won oh, yeah. MVP three out of four years. Um, I, I thought that there were plenty of years where LeBron deserved the MVP and the oh, voters were like, well, let's give it to him. Let's give it to him. Let's give it to him. So there isn't kind of that black. First off, the there's your issue. It's the writers. That's the issue. That's deciding yeah. this. That's the it, issue. Well, 
It absolutely is the Riders. I really do think that that black eye of Steve Nash winning those back-to-back MVPs without averaging 20 points when you had Kobe Bryant literally at the peak of his powers with the entire world on his back, one of three shooting guards in modern basketball history to average over 35 points a game, literally two layups away from averaging 40 a game, and yet you find a way to not give him the MVP, um, which I, I, I found foolish. So that's really what this was. This was about, okay, Embiid had a historic season. We've already given two to Jokic. Let's give one to Embiid so Embiid doesn't finish without one period. Um, it's 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 a gross metric, a gross way to do it. But they did the same thing with Giannis. Like that's yeah. why Giannis mm-hmm. won one over uh, over Harden the one year when Harden averaged again thirty six points a game. Like for me at least, if you are scoring thirty six points a game and like averaging over eight assists, or if you were scoring twenty five or over ten assists, like give that guy the MVP. But yeah. uh, for for, for Joker, now it's like you stack up his resume against some of the all-time great power forwards, and you have to feel like, okay, this is one, and then or this is one of the guys that's probably top five. And then additionally, it's right in the middle of his prime, and that Denver team is so long, they're so athletic, and it feels like they have the core nucleus to potentially win two out of three, three out of five, and then you're going to look back at a window and think, yeah, this was a really special run led by a basketball player that nobody's sure why he's so good, but he's always just out there hooping. If that makes and, sense. And I can, and I can say this, you know, for living over here in Europe, right. And I've been to professional games here in Hungary and right. Hungary's not a power in the basketball world, but I've watched these dudes. Like they're like 17 years old and they're playing against 35 year old men. Mm-hmm. So when I, when I, people tell me, well, Jokic isn't really that good. He's like, he's not really flamboyant. I'm like, dude, he's down to earth. He's a family man. And that's what all he cares about, right? And that's where that that happened from here. Look at all the European dudes right now that are studs in the NBA. Stancic, he's, he's pretty much a family kind of guy. He's really like, he doesn't really do a like party. You don't see him doing out parties. You don't see him doing that stuff. Giannis, for the most part, he's a family guy right now, right? You look at, you look at Jokic. And so when I've watched games over here, it's been astonishing to me to see 17, 18 year old dudes that just look jacked, not because they've lifted weights. Cause trust me, most of these guys don't, they're just grown man strength because they have been bullied. And when I mean mm-hmm. bullied, I've seen dudes get like karate chopped in the throat going up for a layup. Right. Cause people always tell you, well, the European basketball soft. I was one of those guys before I came over here and watched games. And then you realize, okay, they're not soft at all. It's just, they play it in a different way. And to me, Jokic is the is like what every little kid. If you want to be a basketball player, whether you're seven foot tall, whether you're five foot eight, play like him, like with a heart, passion, care. Like he's focuses on the right things. He doesn't get himself in trouble. Like, dude, he just personifies. I think what any coach would want their players to be like. You know, and, and I think that's what's awesome. No, I agree, and and I have a general theory on the the whole like, European thing, and and my belief is because there's no AAU faction over yep. in Europe, and there's yep. I think because of that, because players don't benefit from being the most athletic. They actually mm-hmm. have to play professionals. They're forced to really adapt and grow their games because in America right now, really what it boils down to, if you are the most athletic on your 17 U team, you're going to end up being the best because you will just out jump everybody. Yep. You'll bully everybody. Like the strongest will win, but 
if those 17 year olds were playing against 35 year olds like they are over there in Europe or even 25 year olds where their athleticism has kind of gone away, but they've, you know, faced their fair share of young athletes. Grown man strength. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> grown man strength. And then additionally have added stuff to their actual bag. Like, like pro moves have gone away in AAU basketball. AAU basketball has been about fast breaks. It's been about dunks. It's been about super teams bullying other teams. And that's why guys' bags aren't getting deep. And that's why I do think a lot of times guys from Europe can come over. They don't have to be the most athletic to get their shot off. And that comes from, okay, I'm in this league. I'm playing against grownups who know how to defend a quick first step, who are crafty. It's like, it's like boxing almost like, yeah. In boxing, a lot of times, these guys come from the amateurs. They're like these big power punchers. Then they get in a ring with a guy who's 30 years old, 32 years old. And the person that's 32 years old that's lasted this long has already seen the good athletes. I'm just going to outskill you. And if you don't adapt, you're not going to end up being a great player. And I just see it time and time again in American basketball, whether it's guys like Seventh Woods, um, Dennis Smith. Um, I mean, I mean all, even Marvin Bagley to an extent, guys who were really good athletes in high school and were able to out-athlete people and out-jump people in college. And as I get to the league, not everybody's seen that. Like, that doesn't, that doesn't work here. Like, Gerald Green wasn't a 50-point scorer a game because – We've already seen athleticism. You can't win like that. You have to be able to move your own pace and create for yourself, which is why guys like Luca come over here and they play at their own pace. It looks slow. You're confused about why it's open, but it's it's a reminder that basketball ultimately is a game about skill and not not just pure athleticism. Yeah. While the athleticism helps, the skill is the most important thing, which is why guys like like Tim Duncan, longevity, even Kobe Bryant, like after those injuries, had to redefine himself. He became one of the best, you know, high post players ever. Um, guys like Michael Jordan, when things started to slow down, what did he become? A mid-range killer. Guys like Chris Paul, outlasting Russell Westbrook. Why? Because he's got the skill in the bag. I mean, guy, guys like Bradley Beal are better than Zach Levine because why? He's got a deeper bag and knows how to under and they can, can understand kind of the, the movement of playing basketball. LeBron, as the athleticism has faded, has redefined himself and added to his bag every single year. Tyler Hero, better than almost everybody drafted ahead of him. Why? Because it's not about athleticism. It's about, okay, my bag is deeper because even though I'm not the most athletic, I have to learn how to score against these guys. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. my belief on European ball versus, versus American ball. And I do think the AAU circuit has really poisoned basketball in the United States and kind of allowed other countries to catch back up. And that is my Ted talk for the day. Dude, I agree with a lot of what you said, man, these AAU kids, it's like, they're not even, they're playing in front of all these like shoe company executives Mm -hmm. and potential sponsors. So there's pressure to be like the best looking kid on the court. So if you're not scoring, you're not going to get noticed. And there's, it's it's created, it's created a highlight culture. A lot of individual play. play, Yes. I and, I, and I blame I blame hoop mixtape. I blame ball is life because that's that's where this started. This started with like, let how can these kids go viral on clips? And you get the cases of like Andrew Wiggins dunking on everyone in Huntington Prep. OK, like that. That's cool. But he got to the NBA. And what was the complaint? Wow. He has legitimately four moves and he can't shoot. <laughs> Nobody doubted that he was no athletic. That was basically why he was the first overall pick. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, his numbers weren't that great. You know, he wasn't the greatest, yeah, even on his own team. But the mm-hmm. potential and the athleticism, you know, that'll, that'll cover a lot of a lot of uh, deficiencies. I, and not I even, really. I even say that on the top of that is when he got drafted, do you think if he was all that and was a complete five-tool, five-tool player, do you think that the Cavs would have traded Kevin Love for him? No. Like, I, I honestly believe that if he was the legit, like, Mm-hmm. full five tool five tool player they would have never went after kevin love because they're like we have what we got so 
that to me shows they went after Kevin Love, who could barely dunk the ball, right? And could barely do anything other than rebound and, and score inside, right? But why? Because he physically and 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 psychologically was better than every player. Exactly. Um, well, they took they took a three tool player. It's it's rebounding, yep. interior scoring, um, and shooting. They took a three tool player over Andrew Wiggins, who I view as a two tool player, which yep. is uh defense and athleticism. Bro, funny story. I obviously I'm from Northeast Ohio. I tried on the day of the draft or day after the draft to buy a Wiggins jersey before they traded him like a Wiggins Cavs jersey because I thought it was gonna be like a novelty mm. item. And I got confirmation and um, it never shipped. They put it on hold and they offered me the uh, the, the Timberwolves jersey because he got traded a couple of days later. I was sick. I was sick. Could have. Ended up canceling. I was yeah. bummed. <laughs> Man. Yeah, that would have been something, dude. Shoot. Um, I, do yes, point kinda... out, though, I do want to point out, Josh, that I did call the Nuggets from the beginning of the playoffs to win it all. I do want to point that out. You did. And I can't remember flowers. if I – kind of followed you with them pick like winning it all, but I did have them coming out of the West at least. That is and true. since we're, since we're kind of on that note too, Chris, you mentioned this window that they're in, they got Jokic, Murray, Michael Porter, all the the core really under contract, all guys that they drafted uh, for, for a little while now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just looking at at least the landscape of the West um, LeBron and AD, I mean, they got their ring, but they haven't really been the same since. You look at um, a team like Phoenix, they're kind of in a window that's closing really quickly right now. You look at, um, I mean, the West used to be the power conference, but right now it's Denver. And I mean, the next highest seeds were Sacramento, Memphis. Like, I don't think any of those teams are going to hold a candle to Denver. And so on that note, um, how many more rings can Denver get over the next five years, you think? I think they can get two more. And one of the things I was dying to see this year was James Harden and Embiid versus Murray and Jokic. I thought that was oh, like a man. perfect. I wanted it, dude. That was that was what I preferred because I do think kind of. <laughs> but they choke. Like, they did. They well, James Harden. I'm convinced does not love basketball. Um, he doesn't going going to a game seven and just be like cool with shooting four shots in the first half. I was like, oh yeah, like I've seen this before as, as a Harden follower. Great at basketball, one of the best we've ever seen, but does not love basketball. But even like my Harden bias aside, I wanted to see the centers clash because those oh, are the two. Dude, yeah, those are the two dominant centers, and like NBA has moved to small ball, and while everybody zigged, those are the only two teams in in basketball it zagged and I would like to see them matched up just because I think Embiid is your last true bully and Jokic is your hyper skillful like I mean guard that's in a center's body um so that's that's what I would have liked and I thought the flop off would have been exceptional um but (laughs) just just each each generation deserves a big man off and I think that would have been a really great one to see Uh, agreed agreed and foreign players both of them foreign would have been good for the international brand Oh brand. yeah, the brand is. Shout out to MB. That. He played on that. He played on that Kansas team with Wiggins, man, and was the better player all year. <laughs> That's true, man. All year, I think Wiggins had one game near the end of the year when he played for Kansas, where he dropped off for forty. But other than that, it was MB dominating uh, everybody on that Kansas team. What man, speaking of Embiid, too, man, that Eastern Conference, uh, Miami, I, I think to an extent did overachieve. They had yes. to go through a lot 100%. of good teams. Uh, Milwaukee ended up firing Budenholzer, which I thought was wild after that whole Very thing. Wild. Uh, Boston seems to be so close, but uh, not quite. And then Philly, it's always something with Philly, it seems like. Cavs are close. Yeah, and the Cavs are building up there too. Uh, who do you like uh, maybe in the East going forward that could maybe be facing Denver for some of these titles? I like nobody. 
Nobody. No, I don't trust a soul in the it's East. So yeah, it's so murky. Like every single team in the East is deeply flawed. Um, I think it's time for James Harden to move back to just being a shooting guard, and Philly needs to go get a point guard if he even remains um, in Philly. There's talk that he wants to go back to Houston, which would be interesting. And if that's the case, that really hurts mm-hmm. Embiid because Harden's ability to pass. I mean, the assist leader this year really gave Embiid enough of one-on-one options. I think they're deeply flawed. His ball buyout. With Chris a new pa- coach, yeah, the Chris Paul, Chris Paul buyout, buyout obviously would be go right to Philly. Washington. He's in Washington. I mean, he's a Philly fit, um, but you never know what you're going to get, kind of from from Chris Paul, at least coaching wise, because he does a thing where he will undermine the coach sometimes, and that's kind of been his issue in his latter years. But obviously, I think he would help MB. And I mean, Chris Paul made Clint Capella an All Star, which is wild to think about. Um, I don't trust the Knicks. I, I just does I anybody? Like I feel, yeah, I feel like they'll never be good and they should just sell the team. Um, it's the Dolan sports curse that never goes away. Um, I, Miami will always overachieve because Spolstra is the best coach in basketball. Good, in my man. opinion, it's so good. He's 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 unbelievable, so but he's so good that I think Pat Riley has fallen in love with instead of going to get premier talent, they want to take all these project cats yeah. and turn them into something. <laughs> and it's like, holy smokes, like you could do this with a lot of project cats and journeymen. Like, go get a star, go get a premier player. Yeah. Um, I think I thought they should have made a run at Pascal Siakam a couple of years ago. So I think that would, he would have been mm. perfect to go next to Bam. And they got really, really arrogant with that. And they they feel like you know they can just build their own Pascal. So we'll, Kevin, we'll, Kevin loves not your answer when he's he's at the end of his career. Career. He's just definitely not the answer, not the answer um, and, and can't defend in, in current basketball. So I don't trust them either. And and really with with Boston, I think they're cursed. I think I think it's <laughs> like every every time I think they have a window wide open and like I'm, I'm sick and tired of hearing Jason Tatum. He's only 19 for the last like five years. It's true. Like I'm like I'm I, I'm out on Tatum also. Um, I think Tatum Tatum lucked up that Harden hates basketball because there was some narrative breaking that, that went on there. I would say Cleveland is one piece away. I think they're one piece away from being a. You need to get a three, a, a, a three, right? Like a, a small forward. Mm-hmm. You need to get something, right? Like I've said this for the last couple of years. I've talked to Josh on the podcast. Like I always felt like, hey, you have Mobley and you have Allen inside. That that there you go. Don't don't touch that, right? Leave that there. You have Garland and you have Mitchell. Leave that. Don't touch that, right? All you need is a big six foot seven wing that can just shoot. He can guard. He can be athletic. Okoro's not. Okoro's not your answer. He's six five. He's not your answer. No. Osman. Osman's been there. He hasn't proven anything. Right. I've said since day one. If they could land, whether they trade up in the draft, right? If they could trade up in the draft and get someone, or if you just go out and find someone, you know, like. I've heard someone say, and this would be, I would, I would lose my mind if this happened. Someone said on a podcast a couple of days ago, what if Draymond Green went to the Cavs? That's ideal. And to be honest, as much as I hate Dude, that'd that, that'd be as like a Dennis Rodman leaving the yes, bad boy Pistons and going to Chicago. Because see, I mean, we off, saw hey, Ron, Rondo out. played for the Rondo played for the Celtics and the Lakers. Yeah, he did. So, so I've said, I, I've said this that I think. If that would to ha- were to happen, I think one, it'd be weird as a Cavs fan. I just feel weird about it. It'd just be weird yeah, for the first very. couple weeks. But to be honest, dude, that'd solve all your issues. What's the issues the Cavs have had? When what happens when Mitchell goes down? They don't have a guy that can 
that that can out, if if Garland and Mitchell are out, they have no one there that can pick up the ball and do something with. I'm not saying Green's your score, but what Green does give you is stability at that three spot or that four spot, right? And you know what's a shame? What it's a shame they moved on from Kevin Porter Jr. Agreed. One, that's really, I said that's that. Really I said that was one thousand for throwing food, dude. Mm-hmm. I know. Like that's that's really the one because he solves your issue. He's really yep. good defensively. Really good as a ball handler. Can play the one, two, and the three. Can defend the one through three. I mean, is capable of exploding. I don't know if you guys know. He had a, he's the youngest player in Rockets history to ever score fifty points in a game. Yeah, and he yeah. also had ten assists in that game. Yeah. So I, that's the one. I don't know. I don't know. That like, is just, one. Just, just work with the kid. Like, why would yeah. you take his locker away? Move him to the base. But like, just let let him grow. They act like he was being like John ja Moran. Like he threw some. Was food. that also when John Beeline was coaching? Yeah. Uh, yes. That's yeah. The that issue. dude would do stuff like that. So. Well, and I I have my own issue with Beeline too. I think I think I think I think Beeline has a little has a little racism in him. <laughs> Maybe he does, but at least well, there, on was the that, surface, there was that there was that conversation like a- he had with Sexton about like you guys are playing like thugs, and it's like. Oh, that's what, and that's when I was covering sports um, in the area, and that's that's when I know that, that he lost the team entirely. He also yeah. decided to draft Dylan Windler for work ethic reasons over Jordan Poole, which I'll, I'll Windler, never understand. Windler will never pan out as an NBA player. Oh, I can tell you that. And much. Jordan Poole was voted a captain at Michigan when you were the head coach. Yeah, his own dude. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, yeah, that the only other guy I say the the Cavs needed to go up and trade is Sensen Ball from Ohio State. To go up and get sense and ball in the late first round. That's all I'm saying. I'm I'm deeply connected to sense of ball. I think he's a top 10 pick if his knee was healthy. Um, real cool dude. I'm hoping to link up with him soon. His uh next door neighbor, like his so his family is his aunt and cousin are my next door neighbors back in Akron. So we kick it all time around the game. That's that's so awesome, I, man. I am un I am unreasonable, I unrationally biased towards towards him. I wasn't gonna bring him up because I, I think he's the chosen one. Like I've so like up close and personal getting to kind of maneuver. So I, I wasn't gonna bring it up. But if you get him, I'm picking us to come out of the East. I mean picking the cats to come out of the East. <laughs> I definitely wanted to talk about Bryce later once we get to like the draft discussion. But uh for now, since we're talking about like potential pieces that all these teams yeah. could add, whether it's Miami, Cleveland, uh, you know, a Phoenix or something like that. These are all the top unrestricted free agents uh, this summer. Uh, so we got Russell Westbrook. We got Kyrie Irving, D'Angelo Russell, Kevin Love, Nikola Vucevic, Draymond Green, Fred Van Vliet, Harrison Barnes, oh, Jeremy Grant, Paris LeVert, Will Barton. It's a gross it's just class. Ugly. It's gross. That's disgusting. It's awful. You I, I was like, not, man, I would not safe for work before you read that list. <laughs> not safe for Dude, work. This is the thing is I think literally all the NBA teams could come over here to Europe and just get the best player from each European team, and it might be close to equivalent to that list. Yeah, like is, is Christian Wood a free agent? Christian Wood is. Uh, I got a couple oh, others that I can name. I was going to go all the way I like, down. I like him better than everybody you just listed, except for we got Christian Mom, Wood, I would say Fred, Lopez, Fred Van Lee, Kelly Oubre, Josh Richardson, Dylan Kyle Brooks, Kuzma, Dwight a, Powell. Kyle Kuzma, when he's on, is not actually not that bad of a ball player. I'm out on Kyle. He doesn't love basketball. Dude, did you hear? By the way, I don't know if you heard, and this goes in that conversation, kind of what Josh was talking about, with like guys with basketball and stuff. Is like, uh, I think it was. Um, DeMar DeRozan came on a podcast or something like that and was saying that like he thinks that like 60% of the league or a big mm-hmm. percentage of the league hates basketball. They're just there for the money and the fame and they don't care about actual playing basketball. Yeah, that's what Spencer Dinwiddie was saying. He was mm-hmm. like, yeah. Kuz, is, Kuz is cool, but he doesn't like basketball. <laughs> yeah. He just happens to be good at it. 
that just annoys me. Oh, mm-hmm. I'll take your yeah. money. If you don't want it, I'll take the money. I'll- like, dang, I love, like, I love basketball. I, I go play for free on Mondays all the way to Springfield, <laughs> just for free. You drive to Springfield from Columbus? You drive to Springfield from Columbus? Jeez. Yeah, every <clears throat> Monday. <laughs> dang. Man, yeah, you, Chris loves basketball, you love, guys. You love Springfield. <laughs> well, I, I also enjoy, I also enjoy just being out of the city. Springfield feels like in the middle of nowhere. I play at this church with these, these guys that host a podcast. They started inviting me. It's like, all right. Yeah, we might know the church, dude. What's the church? What's the church name? I could not tell you. Is it, uh, it's on, it's on our Urbana Road or something. Hold up. Is that, I'm trying to think, Josh, is that, um, is it, is it like, is it off of, is it off the highway? Uh, hold on. Let me see. It's, I should know the I should know the address. I don't know the name of the church. I'm awful. Oh, it's First Christian Church. I've heard of it. I have I have friends that went there. Yeah, that's just fascinating. See, this is yeah. what happens when we bring Chris on. Something fascinating always happens when he comes. The on. reason yeah, that I mean, the reason I was asking Chris, we went to school in Cedarville, so it's like so that's a 10 like minute drive it's south. 10 minutes, it's ten minutes drive. Yeah, so we, okay. everyone oh, go, yeah. everyone goes up to Springfield. Like everyone yeah, ends no, up to Springfield. I, I go to Springfield too. I'll be. Play some ball out there, dude. There's a there's a Chick Fil A up there now too. So, is there? Yeah, right there's, there's a Canes over by me. But I've been trying to eat clean, so I look like Josh. But <laughs> I knew you were gonna mention that in the episode. Yeah. I love me some Canes every now and then too. Um, shoot, guys. By the way, uh, I doubt they're gonna opt out of these options, but there's player options for Chris Middleton, James Harden, and Kristaps Porzingis. Middleton has a forty point four million option. Oh. I think Goodness. he's gonna think he's gonna opt into that. <laughs> Harden's got thirty five point six. It's gonna be interesting. And Porzingis has a thirty six million dollar option. So, as a James Harden follower, I think James will only opt out if Houston's willing to pay him at least twenty five to thirty million. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I don't know if you guys know, but like Harden is a he loves culture. He's a he's a really good basketball. He, I think he loves one on one basketball, but not team basketball. But he has a, a music studio down there in Houston, and that's where like Lil Baby records, Travis Scott records. Yeah, yeah. He owns a studio, like that's like one of his things. That's like his business. So, yeah, well, not even business. He just like I don't even know how much money he makes on it. It's just like a for fun thing. Um, yeah, I think it must that, be that, it must be nice to have money to just do these for fun things and own a studio. <laughs> For sure, like owns a crazy music studio, so he'll just be there with the rappers. I know, I know, he gifted Lil Baby like forty bands for his birthday. It's just like just, ridi- just ridiculous stuff. Tell you what, the Rockets got the most cap space uh, right they now. Do. They got forty, almost forty-eight million dollars in cap, and they have a really well. They have a really young nucleus. Um, I do love Jason Tate of Jalen Green and Kevin. Um, Jason Tate is also there, which he's like he's their new PJ Tucker. He so is. They, dude. Put him, they put him at the four. And they six just foot. Say, he's six foot four, two forty. Yeah, so power forward. Go, go be PJ Tucker. Um, so no, I, I I wanted the Rockets to get Wemby because I thought that would have been a, a really fun group, but um, yeah, they're, they're not going to get Wemby. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. We've already seen one big trade already. I think you brought up Bradley Beal yeah. uh, going over to Phoenix. Do you think that team now with Beal? Booker, Aiden, no. and Kevin Durant uh, is any more scary than it was with no. uh, Chris Paul previously? They need depth and length. They need depth and defense. So I, I agree, that. and this solves none of it. So no. and and now they have they have Devin Booker and they have two different Devin Bookers in different fonts and Bradley Beal and Devin. Booker. Oh, so this is this is what uh, Sa- uh, Sam Acho said, I think, on ESPN or or one of the one of the guys on ESPN, Emmanuel Acho, I think, who said it. Emmanuel uh, Acho on Fox. Yeah, or Fox. He said that uh, he's like basically he goes. Let me look at this. 
look, it's the same person in uh, just three different sizes. Like yeah, he basically said, like it's person. the same person in three different sizes, He's different fonts. We oh, he said to... Snickers. He said Snickers. He's like, here's a king size Snicker. This is Kevin Durant. Here's a normal size Snicker. This is Devin Booker, and here's a fun size Snicker, and that is Bradley Beal. <laughs> it's literally Damn. what it is. Like Bradley Beal and Devin Booker are the same player, same bag, same scoring spots. They're the same, except for Devin Booker's a little bit taller. And also, so yeah. I don't, I don't know who's, I don't know who's gonna pass. I mean, <laughs> nobody's passing. And also, the fact that uh, that Chris Paul found out via from his son is also very disturbing. That, yes. That's how he found out that he got traded, which is just messed up. But mm-hmm. that's just me. De- de- yeah. Definitely messed up. And then you have DeAndre Aiden, who I'm not sure even knows how to play basketball yet. <laughs> so they're saying that he's gonna get traded to the. Um, who was it? They were saying like a good trade for him would be going to the Knicks, Portland? I believe. They I said heard, Knicks, a swap. They said a swap for like Mitchell Robinson. Like the Suns would like Mitchell Robinson and they could trade Aiden, which is what the Knicks need, like a big man that's inside that can do some damage inside. I was like, oh, whatever. I mean, if the Knicks just want to continue to clog the floor so Julius Randle gets shot out in the playoffs, fantastic. Like I, they suck too. Like I don't know what Dolan's doing over there. I don't know. I, I am not a believer in DeAndre Aiden. I think there's like a, there was a, there was a, a path for DeAndre Aiden to play like an MB or play like a real center. And he just, for some reason, opted to try to be like, like a power forward or Kevin Durant style. Like, bro, if you don't get in there and bang bodies with somebody and try to, and try to be a dominant force inside, he's so frustrating to watch, like, like to be seven foot and to love how to, and love lifting, but to not want to muck it up in the paint is absolutely foolish. It also makes everything, every old school basketball player cringe yeah in their head it's like why are you not trying to play like boogie cousins like you have absurd size and you want to pull up for these mid-range jump shots like like boy there's you won't face any centers with muscle all year get in the paint i I can't stand DeAndre Aiden for real (laughs) man speaking of getting in the paint is zion williamson going to be the next big name to get traded dude he ain't gonna play again man he ain't gonna play his bust like him, him, and this, him and this girl, like it's over. Like every in every arena he's gonna go to, they're gonna be chanting Mariah Mills. Um, what well, he he can't keep his weight in order. No, he can't. I mean, they yeah. said that boy eats gumbo four times a day. Like, buddy, put it down. That's what it seems like, dude. It's it's like Ben Simmons, where it's like he gets injured, and he doesn't really care about recovering or getting back on the court. It's just kind of like, all right, well, dude, I, guess I mean, I'm hurt, so I'm gonna be watching from the from the. Court says. There's, like, so, there's like tiers, like the guys that love basketball, the guys that like basketball, the guys that are indifferent about basketball, and then the guys that hate basketball. Right. I think Zion hates basketball the same way that I think Ben Simmons hates basketball. Well, you know what? You know what happens? And I, I think you said it earlier, Chris, and I think Josh mentioned it as well. This goes right back to what we talked about at the beginning. This is AAU. Look at it Zion. Is. He got he got all the publicity when he was 16, 17 years old. Like, like when I was 16, 17 year olds, man, I was just trying to work my butt off so the coach saw me so that way I could play the next game. Right. And I think you look at like I've said this for years. I said this in baseball as well, because baseball has become this travel game where you don't really play for high schools anymore. I've said, look, the best players at the end of the day are going to be the players that love the game. But you, you can't love the game when you're basically forced to play 85 games in like a freaking summer. Right. Yeah. And you know, there's you're, always that next game, you know, yeah. that, that that cash will always, that check will always cash on the first and the yeah. 15th of every month. Yeah. So. And I think Zion's one of those guys that, and I think Zion and Ben Simmons are the same boat. Like, or I think like, dude, they love the fact like, Hey, I get all this guaranteed money. I don't want mm-hmm. to play again. I get all this yeah. money. I don't care. 
dude, I'm making I'm making million for just sitting on the couch playing video games while everyone else is out working their butts off. Like yeah, uh, playing again, video games with Kyler Murray. <laughs> yeah. And again, it's like I, I again, this is the thing. Like I, I don't I we don't know their brains, but we don't know like what they're thinking. But at the end of the day, it's like if you're a team, if you're the Pelicans, why not cut loose on this? Eat eat up the salary cap, eat it up. Right, just just suck it up, eat it up, whatever. Go out and get you someone that's actually going to play and be a benefit to your team, not someone that's going to hinder you for the next ten years because of of not playing and not pushing you guys forward. Man, they D-Lo. just gave Zion to like a four year, hundred ninety million dollar extension stupid. to brutal, I'm stupid. D'Lo kind of threw some shots. I'll never forget when he was leaving high school, and actually when he was leaving Ohio State, he said, "I've now been." at really high levels of basketball for two years. And I've been astonished by the guys that don't love basketball, by the yeah. guys that don't want to put, like I text guys, come put shots up. Nah, I want to play the game. And and at first I thought he was talking about someone at Ohio State. But do you know who was the starting five on that? His high school team. It was Ben Simmons was on that starting five, right? Yeah, Ben Simmons was there. Yeah, and Ben Simmons was there. Dude. Yeah, and and at first I thought it was about a, an Ohio State teammate, but then it became very clear to me he was talking about Ben Simmons, and that was that was an absolutely ridiculous run at Mount Verde too. That was unreal. Yeah, it was uh, D'Angelo, Embiid, and Ben Simmons were all were all around that same that same area. Wow, mm-hmm. nuts! Three top three picks on the same team. Draft yeah. picks, absurd, absurd. And it was clear he said some people here don't love basketball. And the one that he said did love basketball from Ohio State was Jay Sean Tate. And that's why it's so cool to see him in the league. I love him, well. man. Freaking played uh, in Belgium, man. Dude played yeah. in Belgium. Made his way back. Was a rookie like three or four years after Yenzo Russell. If that, so I, I love Jay Sean, bro. Definitely an idiot on the court, but I love that man. He just he just doesn't stop. Yeah. Well, shoot, I think that's a perfect segue over to the to the NBA draft talk, man. This Victor Wembayama guy, man, they're saying he's not just a top five prospect in basketball, but all of sports. Mm-hmm. How many times have we seen, like, the media, you know, build these guys up to, like, these kind of heights, Chris, these expectations? Uh, not even Chris, put on by the kid themselves. It's just the media doing it to him. How Chris, is he going to possibly live up to this? Chris, didn't we hear them say that about Zion? Oh, I think we've heard that before. Oh, it's fascinating. Zion, Ben Simmons, Jabari Parker. Huh. No, we can name that, a lot that more. That Jabari stuff was wild. Say what they It was. They've been you know looking I, for the next LeBron, man. It's like every year on Sports Illustrated, there's a new The Chosen One question mark kid on the cover at one point. The wildest thing I heard during this pre-draft process was an analyst say that forget about draft prospects. Like if we're just ranking the top 20 basketball players in the world right now, that Webinyama's on there. And I was like, what are oh, we oh doing gosh. at this point? Dude, like, Paul Pierce did that with Zion Williamson when he was at Duke. Like, this is my thing. Yeah. Wimbiyama, right? Yeah, he's played in Europe. So I do have to give him – that's one thing I will say. I have to give him a little credit because he's playing in a really tough French league. Uh, the French league is freaking hard. Like, it's it's really good. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, he is kind of the freakiest freak that we've ever seen. I mean, he's seven foot six, almost probably. He's like seven four, almost seven five. He's got a wingspan over eight foot, right? or nine, probably closer to nine foot, right? Like to me, yeah, it's a freak. And he was sitting down with JJ Redick yesterday. And it just is funny because he can barely fit in the chair. Like his knees are freaking up to his head because he just, his he's, legs, he's, he's very cute. skinny. He's also very skinny. So I don't know, man, I, I'm interested to hear your take, Chris, because I know we talked a little bit before the show and I know I'm, I'm a big proponent of 
it has to be the right system in order for him to be this next future. And I think he is going to go to the perfect fit for him to go out of any team that he could have went to. Spurs will be Popovich is try drooling going. I have Tim Duncan, maybe 2.0 plus a little bit of a spin off of having another French guy. It's it's going to be awesome. Yeah. He's a freak show. He was built in a lab. Definitely all that, but and, and I'll, I'll get killed for this, I'm sure. But I, I've always stood by this philosophy and I haven't changed it forever. Like, I, I will not move on from this. I do not believe in drafting unicorns as cornerstones. <laughs> yeah. I simply do not. And I think Webb and Yaman will probably break that and, and look like a good player. But I'm OK with going one for four um, or four, four for one on that. Like, I, yeah. I don't believe in drafting unicorns. I didn't believe in Dragon Bender as a number three overall pick. Oh, me neither. I, I didn't believe in Kristaps, and I think Kristaps is a good player, but like the unicorns always get injured for me, and they do. and so yeah. that that worries me long term for a cornerstone. Um, I thought the same way about Zion. There's no like like he's definitely a unicorn. Chet, or a Chet Holmgren is another yeah, one. Dude, now that I'm thinking about it, Giannis might be the only unicorn that panned out. Yeah, like and, in the and, last decade. And in Giannis's case, he wasn't even viewed as a top nope. 10 prospect. Like there was no even talk about him going in the top 10. So I don't I don't believe in drafting unicorns. And for that reason, I would take Scoot Henderson. Um, I think Scoot in any other draft is a, is the number one overall pick. Um, he's 6'6", can handle the ball. And you can immediately, as soon as he steps in the NBA, know, okay, we're going we're gonna to give him the ball. He's going to go. He's had a year and a half of working with M- NBA players and playing in the G League against like some of the elite. Elite young, I mean, the, the probably third or fourth best league in the world, um, and he has been able to be really productive and keep learning and adapting. Um, he's a really plus athlete, but doesn't rely on that to be a good player. And the fact that he's already been playing against grown men for so long, I, I think Scoot is the one. Um, when he went up against Yama's team, he performed really, really well. Obviously, didn't make the headlines, but I believe he scored twenty eight and had nine. Uh, nine. Yeah, that's against, that's so, against grown men. <laughs> yeah, against grown men. So. Like, again, like, like even in some of the other drafts, like like Blake Griffin was the freak of his draft. Well, guess who was at, drafted after him? James Harden and Steph Curry. So I'm I'm a believer. I don't I don't draft the freaks. I don't draft the unicorns. I don't believe in it. I think they almost always get hurt. And if I'm wrong on Webby, I'll I'll, I'll definitely wear that. But I feel more comfortable with well, the next ten to fifteen years of Scoot yeah. Anderson over Webby Yama. They're even saying that the, the the best player off that Met 92 team, Metropolitan 92 in France, is actually a guy who's going to go later in the top 10. I don't remember his name off the top of my head, but he's a forward. It's super hard name to think of. But uh, he's been climbing up boards. And there they, there are people saying, like, dude, this dude's more legit right now if you put him in the NBA tomorrow over Wembyama, who over is probably going to take a year. He's, he's mm-hmm. probably going to take a year to get – his body up. I mean, he only weighs, I think, like two ten, or is it like two fifteen? Something like that, which is crazy. Whatever height he is, yeah. So I, that that's nothing. Oh, I just saw a, a breaking news on the ESPN just popped on my phone, Josh. That uh, the Celtics are working on a deal to acquire Kristaps Porzingis in a three team deal that sends Malcolm Brogdon to the Clippers. Mm. Just, speaking of unicorns, wow, what timing! Yeah, thank you. How ESPN. about that? So Kristaps is going to Boston? That's what they're saying. They're working on a deal. They're trying to finalize the deal right now, hmm. which would be really weird because I don't know how that's going to fit. But I'll tell you one thing. Al Horford being your best post player is a problem. So <laughs> bro, I, I don't know Al how Horford much. was old when I was in high school, bro. That is true. <laughs> 
I yeah, I I mean, dang, I watched Al Horford play in the NCAA tournament when I was like also, nine or ten. If you want to see the ugliest shot in the NBA, watch Al Horford shoot. It is it is it is atrocious. Yeah, it's the that ugliest joint, thing. That joint's wet though. It'd be. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it seems to work for him, but yeah, I guess as long as Kristaps is healthy, I mean, he's a good player. It's just how healthy. Also, is can he? we, can we also tell you? Can I also say that like Kristaps is only like twenty five? Like he's been in the league for like freaking eight years. Yeah, only he's 25. only like twenty five. It's 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 absolutely phenomenal yeah. to me. Well, bodies with those kind of limbs and feet are not meant to be running for an eighty two game stint, no. bro. It literally never works. You guys remember the uh, that Kevin George or whatever his name was from. Uh, UNC Asheville that was seven seven that just they kept him on the end down the one side and he he actually ends up getting his legs amputated because he just he couldn't his knees couldn't handle it. Anymore. I only remember Taco Fall. What dude, was I going to say? Fall? I was like I remember Taco Fall. I don't remember that guy though. I remember that I mean, dude because Bowl Bowl wasn't Bowl Bowl. He's, he's still playing. Yeah, he's still playing. I think he's still trying to. Yeah, <laughs> he's still trying to. And then and then Thon Maker, another unicorn, but they're oh, still quite Thon, dude. No one knows how old he is, so <laughs> he's from Senegal. <laughs> the biggest mystery in sports is how old is Thon Maker. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, man. I'm I just saying, bro, I just don't kid. believe in the unicorns, and part of it's because I just love Hooper so much. And when I watch Scoot, I'm like, oh, yeah, he could give anybody 30. I think he's a better prospect than uh, than Anthony Edwards was. Coming so, in. so you're telling me that Bryce Sensiball is not a better prospect than Scoot? Man, I love <laughs> Bryce, bro. I'm irrationally biased towards, <laughs> towards Bryce, bro. <laughs> apparently man because i've been actually looking at where they're projecting bryce i've seen like late first round oh, early stupid. second Dumb. which bro i would draft Dumb. him top 10 <laughs> bryce averaged 16 and 5 and shot 40 percent from three bad, i'm trying to figure Ohio out State why team. that's not like top 10 or top 15 pick on a bad ohio state team too by the way and he's out of position bro he's really a two but people don't know that mm. Freaking Chris is going to be like, he's going to be bringing like a, he's going to fly to New York with a poster and be like, draft yeah. sends and ball. Man, I'm trying to go to his, I'm trying to go to his draft party. I'm trying to get the invite, but people want to act like, oh, I'm just playing. No, I, I'll send this to Jordan watches. I love you, Jordan. I'll, if I get to go, that'd be cool. If not, I'm not mad at you. Yeah. <laughs> he's just a well, little salty. Yeah. <laughs> so Chris is sold out on Scoot. Um, the other guy that everybody's talking about that could go to is Brandon Miller from Bama. Too much off uh, off the field. Is there too, too much? much is that court. what it is, Chris? More off the court, or do you just think that Scoot's like you know the better uh, skilled player? I think I think I mean, even if you strip away all the all the off the field stuff or off the court stuff, like I think Scoot's better. Brandon's cool, um, but Brandon doesn't see the court like Scoot. Yeah. Um. And primarily, he's a catch and shoot, like three dribble move kind of guy. Yeah. And I don't know. If, I don't know if that's worth a number two overall pick. I do know he measured in at six ten, but like his bag isn't like Paul George, Ron, like Ron Lewis, and he's gonna be Ron yeah, Lewis. Ron, Ron Lewis. I, I. I mean, I think his ceiling is probably like a skinny Danny Granger, but I, I just. I, I don't. I just don't. I just don't love it, bro. I just. I just don't love it. I feel like I see these skinny hoopers all the time get there, and it takes them so long to figure it out. By the time they figure it out, there's like something. No, new he's gonna be. Cool. T- no, he's gonna be Tony Snell. That's Tony. Yeah, honestly, bro, that one's. I hate Tony Snell. <laughs> Tony Snell be out there just doing cardio, bro. Like you'll you'll see a Tony Snell stat line every now and again. It's like thirty six minutes, zero for zero shooting, zero rebounds, one assist. <laughs> and it's like Tony, like if you just you could just get a treadmill. <laughs> like I don't know what we're doing yeah. out here. He's also a guy that looks like he's forty five. Yeah, he's looked 45 for the last 13 years. And it's really confusing me. And he also looks like he doesn't sleep, like bags under his eyes, like Tony, take a nap. Like, it's really like, we know you don't love basketball. 
Um, so no, I, I, I like Brandon Miller. I think he's going to be a decent player, but I think he's going to be three or four steps below a guy like Paul George, if I'm being honest. And, and really I would make him probably a six man. And I don't believe in, in drafting six man number two overall, but I could be wrong on that. I just, this is how high I am on scoop. That's really kind of what this is about. Yeah. Bryson Scoot, man. If he had a party, man, he'd hang out with Bryson Scoot. That's what he'd do. Scoot is built. He is built crazy, bro. Like Josh. Like he's built, he's built like, like Josh. Josh. Just like Josh like with a bat like James Harden. Like, think about if you could, if you could, how tall are you, Josh? 5'10. Look, if you could add six <laughs> inches to Josh and then also give him James Harden's bag, like, yeah. What do we mean? And That's make like him, bust and make proof. sure that he's actually good at, at, at basketball, which Josh is not. Hey, I'll yeah. look like I'm good though. I mean, if we if we could if we could just drop off Josh's muscle onto James Harden's body and then also give him passion for the sport of basketball, that's what Scoot's looking like, bro. I hate to, I hate to break it to everybody. Give them Josh's muscle, Chris's passion. It's like it's like hey, what if my shooting what if, ability? What if De'Aaron Fox drank a protein shake one time in his life? Like that's Scoot <laughs> Henderson. That is Scoot, man. Uh, like what uh, if John Morant was thicker, bigger, and didn't tote guns or fake guns? <laughs> like that's dude. Jock can Jock can ball even without all that. It's just the gun. Thing that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Now imagine if he was the size of Scoot. Like, that's what Scoot is. I've seen Scoot do some ridiculous stuff with the ball in his hands. He's got huge hands, and he and I haven't seen him with a gun yet. So you were going to tune in and go, what are you talking about? The Uncle Scooter from outside of <laughs> Bellfountain, Ohio? Jeez. Uncle, Uncle Scooter. Scooter. <laughs> yeah, Scoot. At a trailer park. Uh, yeah. I'm a big I'm a big Scoot guy. So you kind of see Brandon Miller as like a sixth man. So I'm assuming this draft isn't super deep with talent. I've been hearing people talk about the Thompson twins, maybe being top 10, a Cam Whitmore, Jarris Walker. <laughs> is there any other guys in this draft that you really like, Chris, or is it pretty much just three guys and that's it? Bro, when when the Thompson twins shoot the ball, it sounds like a car accident <laughs> outside. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, like I don't know what, like, I thought, listen, here we go. I've had a theory on this. I thought that, that like starting at like a year and a half ago, we were going to start to see all like the AirPod hoopers. And by AirPod hoopers, I mean all the kids that never had to go through the struggle of having their phone in their pocket with the cords. Agreed. Agreed, man. So like I like I used to love going to the gym and shooting. But the thing that would like make me stop was my things keep coming out because the cord and like my phone. But this we're now hitting an era where AirPods have been out long enough for a whole generation of hoopers to come in like and all they know is hooping with AirPods. And I thought. I thought when that happened, we would never have cases of guys with such busted jump shot that's silly <laughs> because you have no reason to have a busted jump shot because just stay in the gym. You have AirPods in. You don't have your phone in your pocket. And yet somehow, mm-hmm. some way, when I watch the aim, the, the, the Thompson twins shoot the ball, it gives me arthritis. And the way the ball hits the rim, it sounds like a car accident outside. <laughs> like, And I'm looking and I'm like, for Houston, I'm like, I, was, I watched the workouts. They look really gifted. They do really good. And then you see them start shooting, and it's like, jinkies, mate. Like, no way. That's actually the shot that you trotted out here after all this time. I'm, I, they will go They will go top 10. And, I, and I'm and i I'm being low on Brandon Miller. I think Brandon Miller has – his ceiling is probably Paul George. His floor is probably Cam Reddish. 
Um, we're going to find that out really soon. I think Cam Reddish is super gifted, but just doesn't love the sport. Um, the Jerry Swalker kid, I really like. I think he is a better shooter than the Thompson twins um, and is also athletic enough. And at his worst, he can be a three and D guy. And I think three and D guys are hey. so, so valuable because once you get relegated to a three and D guy, you don't have to worry about a guy like Walker feeling like, okay, I want to dribble the air out of the ball and go create a shot. And then you get messes. So I, I, I'm out on the Thompson twins, but I do like uh, Walker. And there'll be a white guy that might get drafted top 10, a white guard. I don't yeah. remember his oh, name. Brady Dick. Yeah. Which is the From worst Kansas? last name to have. I'm sorry. <laughs> worst last name you could have. <laughs> no, he'll, he'll be a top 10 pick. He won't fall outside the top 13. Um, I've seen a couple mocks have him going to Orlando at 11. Oh, but yeah, I mean, you know, the draft is just weird. The NBA draft is just, I never watched the NBA draft. It's boring. It's like, but there's a, to watch. and you look back, there's, there's only like two stars in every draft. Yeah. There's a bunch of dudes. They're like from Lithuania. He will not play for five yeah. years. Mm-hmm. His draft what right now. <laughs> two years away from being two years away. Bruno Caboclo. That was the craziest <laughs> thing. Bro. I could not believe that. They said he could be Kevin Durant in five years. And then he got here and couldn't beat out awful, Clint Capella or Isaiah Hartenstein, who I love Isaiah Hartenstein, by the way. I'm a big, big fan. Yeah, man, the last fun draft that I can recall was probably the one that had a uh, Trey Young, Luka Doncic. Yeah, that was a fun one. 2018, I think it was. That's that was fun because you know those Tom guys were Sexton. so skilled they could play. You knew yeah. they could play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, We'll see. Shoot. I didn't have anything else to discuss NBA, guys. If none of you wanted Let's to say anything else, football. we can move over to some football talk. Let's do it. Yeah, so... You guys are both Buckeye fans. We're heading into a new season here. And to me, there's like three glaring questions that are going to determine Ohio State's success this season. I think it's going to be the quarterback position. We don't even know who that's going to be yet. And I'm proving either way, no matter who it is. Replacing two tackles that allowed no sacks last year, I believe. And then just how much is the defense going to improve after one year under Jim Knowles' uh, system? Because basically it's the whole group all back again. Do you guys agree those yeah. are like three biggest question marks on Ohio State this season? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would, I would say that. I mean, I think I think we all secretly know in our hearts who the quarterback's going to be, even though it hasn't been announced. I think we all kind of know, I think, where it's leaning. I think if McCord doesn't win this, then that just says that I feel like we've wasted McCord using McCord because the dude's got an arm talent of, I mean, very good arm talent. Um like Devin, Devin Brown is going to be, I think, a good quarterback. It's just one, it'll be disgusting to see his number as the quarterback, whatever he, number he's wearing, 33. I'm he's sorry. Gotta change. He's got to change it's, that. He's got to change like, it. It's, it's no gross. swag university. Bro. Like, what are we so, doing? Um, but no, I think, to be honest, this is just a placement until Aaron Nolan arrive, arrives. Like, I think this is just a placement year. Like, even if McCord wins it this year, right, and does well, like, unless he goes out and wins the Heisman or, or makes a national title, you know, and we win But if he wins title. the Heisman, he's, he's out. Like, if he wins yeah, the Heisman, he's gone. Because – Aaron Noland, I'm telling you, like Dylan Rayola, you're you're lost to me, and I never want to see your face ever. Uh, step foot in the horseshoe again. They like call him Dylan Ravioli. Freaking awful. I don't care. He's Bro, I ate a Wendy's four for four today after I saw the Menace episode today. It's like I gotta, I gotta support and, man. But and this this thing, so, so I'd say to answer your question, Josh, I think it's. I agree with you on the tackles. Like that definitely ner- makes me really nervous because they came out of spring and they hired a. They hired like a, a former uh, NFL coach who's basically a really good offensive line coach, which worries me because that means nothing's getting done on the offensive line. 
And I think to answer your third question, I think the defense is going to be a lot better. Like I, I agree that's a question, but I believe this defense could be it could be nasty. Like I think if if the pieces fall right and they stay healthy, this defense there's some young studs in there that everyone's going to say, well, Michigan, this and uh, Michigan fans tell me all the time, like, Hey, we're going to beat you by 30 this year. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. Well, let's just, let's just see what happens. Let's see what happens because this, this defense is, is really ticked off. And I think um, I'm more worried about the offense this year. I never thought I would say that than I am the defense. Like I personally, that's what I'm more worried about. Dude, I think the defensive line could be freaky, man. You get like Jack Sawyer, JTT, Tyler Williams and Michael Hall jr. All on the same line. That that could be that could be some problems for as long every as uh, as long as that as long as Coach Johnson doesn't decide to pull them out like two plays into like the drive. Let's rotate sixteen again. guys. Well, no, the, the hope is there's nobody to rotate them for. <laughs> like everyone, they <laughs> there's no depth, for. so these are our guys. Yeah, everyone else is gone. Gene Baptiste they, is out of here. All those other dudes. <laughs> if they do want to rotate, I do think Kenyatta Jackson is really good too. So yeah, I was kind cool, seeing him in every now and again. I think Caden Curry was really disruptive, so I wouldn't mind him coming in. Um, and, and to Ben's point, like. I'm worried about the offense this year more, which makes yeah. me feel like we're in a great spot. I know yes, under Ryan Day, the offense will never be bad. Yeah. Um, a couple of things that I uh, just of note, I expect this to be a top 10 defense this year. Yeah. Um, even in the Michigan game, our corners only got beat one time, and it was on the uh, the all-out blitz, and that was Cam Brown. Yeah. Um, this is the first time since I've been an Ohio State fan where I don't think I'll miss a single player. Like I think every player that left is going yes, to be I was like, a thank better you. one. Yeah, I was like, and thank that, you. <laughs> That's really rare. Like, I'm so thrilled that guys are gone. I think um, Igben Osen is really good. Um, and freaky. played a lot of He's reps a freak. as a freshman. He's a freak. Um, I, I I would love to see him in that Sean Wade role as that nickel corner. Yeah. Nickel safety. But I think they'll probably play him outside. I think Jihad Carter is going to play there. That's where I think he's going to play. Yeah. Well, he's he's got to get his knee right. Yeah. He's still struggling to get that knee right. But uh, I do know that they've been working Jair Brown in that spot as well. No, that's actually they a like, good spot for him. Yeah. They like his upside and kind of his ability there. Um. Just defensively, I think this has a chance to be uh, a suffocating defense. Eichenberg's back. Defensive line. The the defensive line side, I just think they're going to be really, really good. Uh, So that's a leap. Um, Bro, I've been thinking that it's been Kyle McCord going to be starting quarterback, but I I keep getting these calls about how Ohio State wants to be athletic at the quarterback position from Mm. people inside Ohio State. So I I don't know. Do they do a do they do they do a duo kind of quarterback thing where they where they do more packages, packages type of quarterback play? Um, we haven't Ryan seen that doesn't work. Want to. Yeah, Ryan, I know. Ryan's an NFL. So I've never guy. seen Ryan Day do that. But that's yeah, what I'm saying. The package but, stuff. But my fear is like this is the thing, and Ryan Day does this, and it drives me nuts. He waits so long to announce a quarterback. I think in order to help the team, you have to announce it as soon as the first week of fall camp. You mm-hmm. cannot wait until near the end of fall camp. You have to say, this is our guy. We're going to stay behind him. Look, if anything, if you want an athletic quarterback, dude, get wild wildcat packages. Right, get yeah. some wildcat packages for some athletic dudes. That's what that's what we do here in Europe, right? Like when we're coach, we don't have guys that are great runners. We put wildcat packages in, and that's what we do, right? And I think that's what like Kyle McCord can run. Um, I, I don't think he's definitely not an athletic dude by any means, but um, dude, I don't care, dude. If you're throwing for four thousand yards, dude, and we have two, we have three great running backs, dude. I mm-hmm. care less if you can run the ball. No, there. Do you think that? Or go ahead, Chris. There, well, there's just been this talk like like Kyle McCord's arm town has like been really underestimated, um, and the words that have been used to me about kind of like the release is like he has the best 
finishing ball they've seen since Justin Fields was there. Hmm. Um, now, CJ Stroud, obviously, like super, super accurate, but you never like the ball never finished well. Yeah. Like you never thought like, whoa, like that ball has like great rotation and makes it all the way through like that. So there's a belief that like like Kyle's automatic. And if they want to kind of rip it that way, they can. Um, but the worry is like if the tackle play isn't where they want, then they will play Devin Brown because Devin Brown is a really, really plus athlete. So right now, Kyle's ahead and I, I do expect him to be starting quarterback, but I might have shut the door a little bit too early on Devin just because they, they want to be athletic. There and it didn't it didn't and it didn't help Devin that he got his finger hurt. That did not mm-hmm. help him in spring. Because I think Burrowy, huh? Yeah, it does. And that's what it feels like. I Because this is the thing. Devin Brown's kind of screwed because mm-hmm. if he doesn't win the starting job this fall. He, I think in his mind, he knows Aaron Nolan's coming in and like, and then after that you have St. You have a Saint lot of, Claire. you have St. Clair, but or, you also, or Ryan. You, have, you have Ryan Montgomery as well. And he's in a weird spot. Don't forget he, about Link though. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, That's it's, what I was saying it's, true. Yeah. it's so funny, bro. Cause like Lincoln Kineholds, it, this is going to sound crazy. Like, and I, and I, I hate that I've kind of gone this far. Lincoln Kineholds will be the best athlete that Ohio state's had a quarterback since Justin. When he gets to campus. So if like the thing about Devin Brown is like they love his athleticism, he's no longer gonna be close to near like the top athlete in the room once Lincoln gets there. Yeah. Like I don't know if you guys know, like Lincoln posted a verified, like at a, a separate party, a verified 40 and a half inch vertical. He also measured in at 63205. Like if he was black, you'd be talking about this dude is like a real generational athlete. This is a top five wide receiver in the combine, boys. Like he, like ridiculous catches can do the backflip with the pads and the, the the helmet on. He listen, he completed the trifecta last year, state championship in football, and Mister Football South Dakota, state championship in baseball, and Mister Baseball South Dakota, and state championship at basketball as yep. well as winning the like he's gonna he finish his career with more than four state title rings like he's actually just like god just accidentally spilled a little bit of athleticism at this one random home in south dakota like he is White so god gifted and the issue was okay when he goes and competes against bigger faster guys how's he gonna look he went to his all-american game and he was the only yeah, kid was. on his team yeah. to throw a touchdown he was out there gaming guys, and he was racing the receivers during some of the practices and beating a lot of them. Everyone's looking around like, who is this kid? Who is he? Because nobody knows him. Like, he's, he never played the, the, the recruiting game. He just yeah. somehow, someway in South Dakota was God-gifted and has a ridiculous amount of athleticism. Well, and he's going to be draftable in baseball. Oh, right? yeah. That, that's like, the thing is that there's talk that, 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 that the baseball coach at Ohio State is drooling that if he can oh, yeah. somehow convince – Ryan Day, because Ryan Day doesn't like doing that. He doesn't like giving the players to play two sports. He doesn't like that. But if they can let him do baseball, I think the baseball coach will be just yep. be like, thank you. Thank you very much. And the baseball coach is plugged in. Baseball coach was around and one of the first people to know when Dylan Rayola was decommitting. And that's <laughs> and, huh. and it was right, it was right before Lincoln committed. So the so. question on that question on that, I know, I know you're a little more into the recruiting. You know, I'm over here in Europe. I only hear the trinkles. Um, but uh your thoughts on Rayola, do you think it ultimately came down to Ryan Day wanted to go a different way? Or do you think it came down to Dylan Rayola just wanted to go to Georgia that bad? Um, or is it vice or something else? Uh, well, a, cu- a couple of things. It doesn't sound like Dylan's dad takes criticism of his son very well. 
and oh, there had to be lovely. an improvement. Yeah, there had to be an improvement from Dylan Rayola, and no one wants to talk about it. Um, Dylan Rayola's junior tape is CIA secured. You can't get a hold of it. It is nowhere to be found um, because people don't want to talk about the fact that he looked lost in his first year at this high school that he went to, and that was loaded high school. Um, they lost to, ba- to Basha High School twice in the state of Arizona. There's no reason for him to lose both those games. And, okay, team sport, I get it. But in a state playoff game where you are the two-touchdown favorite and you throw for under 100 yards. Yeah. The other thing, too, with all the transferring, it's like players should be transferring into his school to play with him. You're the number mm-hmm. one quarterback in the class. And yeah. no one wants to. There's there's some players that are rubbed the wrong way by him and don't trust his family. That's why he was uninvited to play with SFE, is the rumor. So he was supposed to be so South Florida Express, the seven on seven team. He was yeah. supposed to be their quarterback whenever they went out west for the big OT seven tournament. And something happened while he was still committed to Ohio State where they pulled that invitation and said absolutely not. Um is is kind of the the, the word on the street. And then additionally, um, nobody committed to Ohio State on offense when he was the the quarterback and when Jeremiah Smith committed to Ohio state, he had already gotten word that Dylan was gone and that that's fascinating. Yeah. Really, really fascinating. And honestly, like I am shocked he committed to Georgia. I thought the decommit was going to lead him to Nebraska. That's what I thought hundred percent. Yeah, Cause I do know there was some talk about like, Oh, you guys have a staff opening and rumor has it. The dad wanted some input on who would fill that staff opening at Ohio State and no input was accepted. Yeah, Brian Day's like, yeah, no, D- yeah. Yeah, you're not doing that. Sorry. <laughs> yep. And there was These input. Dads, yeah, there was input at Nebraska. I don't know if you guys know, but they, I mean, uh, Dominic ended up getting a full-time job at Nebraska right. as a full-time coach. Not Dominic or one, one of the other railers ended up getting a full-time job. One of the That's nine funny. position coach jobs. He's like, hey, hey, screw you. <laughs> Change my mind. No, I, I do know Lincoln Riley was turned off by uh, some railway antics, and that's why they stopped recruiting yeah. him entirely after mm-hmm. the visit. So yeah, we're we're good over here. Yeah, and I and I, yeah. and I think I think he just transferred to a Georgia school for this upcoming year. Buford, Buford yeah. High School. So yeah. Buford mm-hmm. is elite. They now have three top twenty players on the same team. Yeah. Um, Edric Houston, the number one defensive end in Georgia, who I expect to come to Ohio State, plays there. Um, no, Buford's really, really good. Yeah. Um, but even, I, I was even thinking like, you know, the Jeremiah Smith, everyone's like, oh, you know, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to not go to Ohio State. I'm like, listen to me. Brian Hartline is the best wide receiver coach in the country. He's the best recruiter in the country. By wide Jeremiah, Jeremiah Smith is not going to just all of a sudden decide, oh, I'm going to go to Georgia or like he has all the right. Like he's not signed, so he can do whatever he wants. But, Dude, a lot of these guys, they like doing it because it brings them like fun posts, right? Like it just gives them views, right? At the end of the day, look, if he doesn't want to come, that's fine because I trust Brian Hartline. Like I know whoever Brian Hartline brings in, it's going to be the best receiver, best receiver in the country. Marvin Harrison Jr. is a, is a, is a, a part of that, like brings a guy in. And now this dude is going to be a top two pick next year. And which is and crazy, they, which is crazy. And I'll tell you, I think to kind of sum up the high state talk, one thing I want to say too is that I think people don't understand that losing to Michigan two years in a row is a very new thing for high state fans. And trust me, the Woody Hayes, they feel it in there. They know that this is not good. And and I think Ryan Day feels that pressure of like, if I lose this year, I might be out. 
And that's that's a reality. It's a it's a reality. And people be like, wow, he's won so many games. I'm like, but that's not how it works at Ohio State. You beat Michigan. They're, they're trying, they're trying to start the damage control now. Gene Smith let Ryan know that they wouldn't fire him if they lose this year. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, sure. But it might mm-hmm. it might not be up to it, but it might lost be over just Gene's head. One game. Yeah. yeah. It might be over Gene's head at the end of it, which but is but also is- Gene Smith coming out and saying it's just one game. I'm like, shut up, Gene. Like, just shut yeah. up. Like, dude, that's this the Notre Dame in him. Foolish. Yeah, like, Dumb. But yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, though, I think I, I, I really think Ohio State. I think they will beat Michigan this year. I'm saying it right now. Like, I think Ohio State right now in June. I think Ohio State will beat Michigan because I think Harbaugh's ego and Michigan's ego is going to get real big, and I think it's just going to take a nice deflator to come in and deflate the bu- the bubble because I have, I, 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 don't I, think I have a Ohio State winning the Natty. I did two last year, so I'm I'm, I'm going to pause on that until I, I had. This I had Ohio State win the Natty last year too. <laughs> nah. It's it, I'm calling it sneaky Natty season. SNS. Dude, I think whoever wins the Natty, it's going to be sneaky, just because most of the big programs all got like first year quarterbacks. Georgia with Carson Beck and Bama with whether it's Milrow, Simpson, or Buckner. It's Tyler Buckner. <laughs> I don't Tyler's know, dude. He hasn't been named yet. There. No, I'm surprised he's gonna Nick's... be the starting quarterback, bro. Listen, I feel like went... I feel like if I had to pick one, he would be. No, he is. They told him he would be the starter. That's they told him Buckner. But but they definitely did. Like he was the backup bat. He was in the middle of a battle with Sam Hartman. Notre Dame did not name the starter. Bama went through spring. Tommy Reese, who coached Tyler, and then also brought in Sam Hartman to play over Tyler called him and said, come to Bama. You're better than what we have right now. He's going to be the starting quarterback, and I'm praying he's successful because if he's not, a new wave of racism will be invented down there in Bama. <laughs> like, if he's not good, the Asian hatred is going to go through the roof. They're gonna. It's like, it's like when you get a new flavor of some soda. It's like, wow, what racism is this? Let's hate Asians is, is kind of what what they're teetering on. So for the sake of the Asian community and Tyler Buckner, I hope he throws for at least 3,500 yards. And if he doesn't, I hope Bama fans will look at Tommy Reese and blame him before they blame Tyler Buckner. I'll tell you what, dude. Uh, I'm surprised after all that that Nick Saban hasn't told Julian Sane he has to reclassify and come up and play quarterback now. Man, for real, because we got people, <laughs> you know, we got like people reclassifying two years. Austin, Taylor two years two, ahead, man. What the heck? Florida, committed to Florida, get a 5.3 GPA, reclassified two years. Two years. First off, to enrolling I could, this I could, summer. He, I barely he graduated high school. In, he enrolls in July, doesn't he? Yeah, so he's going to be, be, be on in the, in the locker room this year, dude. Yeah. That's absurd. He, and but anyway, back to come on over. Julian's yeah. the best, the best in the country, in my opinion. He's unreal. back to my initial point though. Like all these big time programs are having first year quarterbacks. Even like Cade Klobnik, I know he saw some action last year, but that's gonna be a, a first year kid or first year starter over at Clemson as well. It's like, I mean, are, is this the year that maybe you know we got some programs like USC? Maybe they'll finally get over that hump with a returning Heisman quarterback. Uh, Florida State might make some noise with Jordan Travis, a returning quarterback. And I know that we already talked about Ohio State beat Michigan. I mean, JJ in the Big Ten. I mean, is he going to take that step forward? Make maybe make that Michigan offense a little more lethal? Well, I think JJ stinks. Um, and oh, and he's, I think, he's trash. He's trash. Oh, I think he's. I think he's so garbage. Everybody, garbage. I, it's it's so fascinating to me. He's not better than Jake Rudock was at Michigan, and people no. don't ever want to don't ever want to talk about how good Jake was for that one year. Um, it's interesting. I think he, he. It's everyone has to get over their boogeyman this year, right? Like USC's boogeyman is 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 winning him. Like they got they got to get yep. over that mental block. 
um, and they got to beat them twice. And Cam Rising is coming back, and that is kind of the one kryptonite, at least for mm-hmm. USC, because that is a quarterback that Alex Grinch does not know how to handle. Just period, just just can't handle it. And I, when Alex Grinch, no, Alex Grinch, he can't he can't handle anything, man. That dude, I, he, he couldn't handle me back there, which is why like Ryan Day fired him the first time. Which is <laughs> you know I don't want to talk about it too much. Jaden Daniels, I think. Um, could really surprise some people in the SEC. The issue I think is, he's like top five in Heisman odds right now. Yeah, he, he is. Returning returning guy had a lot of big wins last year. Um, that's a returning quarterback that I think can make some noise. But I think Florida State wins the ACC this year um, because I like Jordan Travis so much. So if I, had to, if I had to lean one way too, I might go Florida State too, just with the way that their schedule lines up. They got like all their hardest games at the beginning of the season, though. I think Clemson week four, LSU week one, but pretty easy after that. They hit the portal hard. They got a lot of the top offensive guys back, like Travis. I think Johnny Wilson's back at receiver. And they I added Keon I, Coleman from Michigan State. And, and Keon Coleman, yep. And really good player. I will say bold prediction for me is that neither Georgia or Alabama win the SEC this year. Ooh, who wins it? LSU. LSU. I, I thought he was about to say Tennessee, man. No, LSU. I, I, I think I think Tennessee's going to fall off a cliff. Yeah, I think LSU. This is my thing. I don't. I don't think Alabama, like with this quarterback issue, like I, no, nothing against Tyler Buckner, but I, I just I think Alabama. It feels like this is the moment where if you're an SEC team, this is your perfect time to strike. If this is your moment to strike, Georgia is coming off of two straight national titles. They're going to be a little weaker this year, I think weaker in the sense of just we hope. you guys. <laughs> well, I, I, I think missing Tom Monken, they're going to feel it more than they realize. Yeah. Bobo doesn't have enough to match Ryan Day's 40 no. ball. I don't know. Like, no matter and what anybody says. And it's the thing. And I th- also believe that I say that. And I also, another bold prediction, USC does not win the Pac-12. Mm, who wins it? Washington? Utah. Utah. Oh. And I'll, I'll, watch out for Washington, Utah, man. Yeah. Michael Penix. Dude, I'm just saying, man, the, the Pac-12 might be the most fun conference to follow this year with all I, the quarterback back, talent. Over I there. I don't believe in USC's defense. I don't believe in Alex Grinch as a defense coordinator, and I think that Riley still needs to show me that in the big games he can come up with some big big decisions that matter and like that yeah. are crucial. And he has not done that. Ryan Day has done that at times, right? But one thing that who's done that is Utah. Utah has always come up big. Even when they got blown up by Ohio State, they kept that competitive, right? It wasn't even really a blowout, but they kept that competitive, right? So yeah, I think we, we won on like a last second field goal. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, I think those are my two big things. I think Alabama nor, nor Georgia win the SEC and USC doesn't win Pac-12. My bold prediction is Florida beats Tennessee week four. I hope, Chris. <laughs> no. I hope. I don't know with what quarterback and with what oh, offense. And, with and, Graham Burrow. If we're going, if we're going player, like we, you guys were talking about players, one player that I have, Arch Manning doesn't start till he's a junior in college. I don't think Arch Manning ever starts for Texas. I'm just saying, whether whoever it is, I just don't think he'll start until junior year of college. Well, yeah. Quinn's definitely starting this year, dude. Quinn. So who's Murphy. starting next year if Quinn goes to the league? Malik Murphy. Is that his name? Malik. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Malik. Yeah, dude, I was hoping Jack Malik Cannon. would portal after that spring game and come to Florida. Yeah, y'all tampered. Y'all tried it. <laughs> 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 See, listen, Florida has nothing other than sadness of tears. That's all they have. No, they're gonna yeah. they're gonna beat they're gonna beat Tennessee like on like a three interception game from uh from Joe Milton. I've seen this movie before. We have seen Joe at Michigan, man. That dude's a wild card. It's I mean, credit Josh Heupel for being able to convert Hen and Hooker from like an average quarterback at Virginia Tech to like the elite quarterback he was at Tennessee. Maybe he can do the same kind of magic with Joe, but I don't but, know. It's What's the over-under for like seven and a half, eight and a half? 
who's he throwing to? Like, you don't get to lose your three best players on offense by a wide margin. That's also true, man. No Hyatt, no Thomas I'll McCoy going too. Mm-hmm. I'll say this, though. I, I, I do believe that I think if we're talking about, like, numbers and what guys will do, I think – I think Harrison gets 1,600 receiving yards. I think you have three high State receivers that go over 1,000. I think you have three receivers. Man, this is what I said last year. And that would be the first time ever. Because I think I think you're going to have him go over. I think Abuka, those two for sure will go over 1,000 for sure. And I and I say this, and I'm, I'm saying this, and this, I might be completely out of right field. I think Jaden Ballard is the other guy. No? He won't get there because Brian won't let him get there. You don't think so? I think he'll have like six or seven, and Julian will have like six or seven. So you you think that they would be split between those two guys? Bro, Hart's going around telling people that Fleming's a first rounder. He's not coming off the field. Man, I, I like Jaden Ballard. I though, suppose I'll trust Brian Hartline being the elite developer he is. But I, I love seen Ballard it. though, bro. I love Ballard. I got to see him. So when I went, I'm obviously from that area. I, I got to see him play basketball a ton, and he was decent in games, but warm ups just ridiculous stuff i mean that's legit like 10 so so, kid. so stover over under 600 yards receiving stover yeah i'm saying under i hope they bench him bro <laughs> bench cade i'm out on cade dude put him at fullback man just put bring him at me, fullback yeah play him that rossi role give him 10 catches for the year bring me bryce spice Right, <laughs> Mr. Joe Royer, the redheaded curl, like the redhead curly hair. I mean, give me dude, him. I'll tell you though, what's the what's the guy from Georgia? Um, Jelani Thurman, dude, that dude's a freaking animal, dude. I saw him in in some of the like practice films and stuff, dude's dude unreal, dude. Oh, and our new tight ends coach is really just a receivers coach. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> he's a good coach though. He's a good good recruiter. No, I well. mean, I love I love Key. Yeah. Key Key's the dude. I'm just saying, like. I don't think guy that, that boy Cade Stover is going to be Mitch Rossi. He's no longer Cade there, Stover. Here's a question for both of you because you both have bashed on Clemson quarterback coaching for a while. Does DJ Ugalungale at Oregon State have a great year to where he puts himself in the Heisman conversation? I don't think so, but I hope so. <laughs> I've been thinking about that, dude. I, I think at the very least, DJ Uyangalale is going to have a bounce back season. And rub it I in Clemson's face. I think it just it, should QB power, Tyron Tube style, like it's Texas. You know, you know, what would be funny is if in the a bowl game would be Oregon State versus Clemson. I think it'd be the most iconic, amazing bowl game of all time. That'd be beautiful. Oregon State did win ten games last year without him. Yeah, and they put a foot in Josh's team. Yeah, Josh's team sucks. I saw it coming, dude. I was like, look at all the guys that are sitting out for Florida and are in the portal. You know, they're they don't care about this game. It Josh, was weird seeing Josh, Tyshawn Lindsey, care. like former former Ohio State commit Tyshawn Lindsey, who's still in college, which is wild because that's like one of the guys that uh, that Zach recruited. <laughs> right, that that's a long time ago, man. Yeah, so he was in that class with Trayvon Grimes, and Grimes has been in the NFL or out of Florida for what a year or two. Grimes, I think, went to the league two years ago. Yeah, so so Grimes and Lindsey were in the same class together. And they committed to Ohio State together in the same video. It was a Bleacher Report dodgeball video where they both committed to Ohio State. And then, uh, obviously, Tyshawn ended up decommitting and got a bag from Adidas to go to an Adidas school. And then Trayvon Grimes um, transferred when his, when a uh, family member got sick. He wanted to be closer to home. Um, and Tyshawn was in that bowl game against Florida, which was wild. <laughs> I'm going to say over under, Florida wins six games. Over. I believe in blue chip Billy. Man, 
I, I Josh, think that Josh is struggling. <laughs> I think that they're recruiting very well for next year's class right now. But I, I just think, man, the way that last season looked, and I'm, it's not necessarily that everyone that portaled out is a loss. Like I think some of those guys did need to go, but it's just such a brutal schedule, dude. I was looking at it the other day. Let me tell you what it is. I mean, we got they got to go at Utah now, week one. I know for sure. They got the Loss. they got LSU in there, obviously Loss. as well. Got to go with Georgia and then Loss. Tennessee, who Chris says Florida's going to beat them. Yeah, like I know those games. I'll read you the order though that they got to go. I'll, I'll say this right now. I'll just tell you which one's going to be loss. Okay, so at Utah, week one. Loss. Okay, they host McNeese State week two. Maybe win. <laughs> Thank you, FCS. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, Tennessee next. Loss. That's a home game. That's loss. a win. That's a loss. Man, I hope it's a win. They host Charlotte next. Win. They go to Kentucky with Devin Leary at quarterback. Loss. Loss. They host Vanderbilt. Win. It was a loss win. last year, but yeah, it better be a win this time. Oh, man. They go at South Carolina, loss. dude. Loss. That's tough. Uh, they three. host, well, not host, but play Georgia at Jacksonville. That's a loss. Host Arkansas with KJ Jefferson. Loss. Go to LSU. Loss. Go to Mizzou. Win. And then you host Florida State at the end. Loss. I got four. Four wins. Five. Man, I'm thinking five too, dude. That's <laughs> tough. It's, it's the second toughest schedule according to all the computers in all college football. Is it? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, non-conference, dude, you got Utah and Florida State. And then cross-conference, you got LSU and Arkansas. Excuse me, third, third most difficult schedule. What I'm going to say is Ohio State's going undefeated this year. I will say that. I don't know if they'll win it all, but they're going to go undefeated this year in the regular season, I should say. Yeah, I can see it. I can see it. No, I'm, I'm they're, gonna, they're beating Notre Dame by three touchdowns. I don't know what offense so. Notre Dame's going to run. They're yeah, gonna run. They're gonna, like they're gonna run. They're gonna run the old Rudy offense. Just hand the ball off and lift the guy in the air. And I remember run, uh, what, the the Veer with the, the Veer. The, yep, with the Sam. That's gonna be weird. Gonna Gerard be weird. Parker's the the offensive coordinator now. He's the old tight ends coach. I don't know anything about what kind of system he'd yeah. want to run. Me either. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> man, season's gonna be fun for it sure. It will be like, fun. All the, yeah. I can't wait for it, man. Uh, you guys got any other uh, college no. football topics before we wrap this up? I, I'm i good. I'm good. What a great I'm good show. That was, that was the quickest hour and a half we've done. Dude, I know. I was fired. It's all, also, there's a, there's a record, by the way. My brother told me this, that, that every time Chris comes on, he's the only guest. He's the only guest that goes over an hour. Every other guest is always in and out, man. And we appreciate I am, Chris. I am so sorry for no. It's I awesome. No, 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 that's actually what, that's we, what prefer. we like. Yeah, because all the other hard. guests, dude, it's are really like hard. on these schedules where they're like, "Yeah, I can come on for a half hour, forty five minutes." And we're like, we're, can... we're speeding through, man. And we're like, I mean, we'll take it, but we appreciate. We it. Obviously, I'm... love to go like a longer <laughs> episode with them like this. I love I love going long. Like even when we do uh, our shows, like Zach prefers to keep it like right at an hour, and I got to do the show like like my own like just. With with one of my guys on Monday because Zach was in Vegas and it was like an hour and thirty seven minutes. Hour and thirty eight. I was like, wait, why is this one way longer yeah. than all the other ones? Someone's producing. It's because like I'll just talk forever. I don't know. I just will talk forever. So, <laughs> I'm, you know, we will say uh, we appreciate you coming on. So, if uh, all of you, I, we didn't say this because we were talking about football. So, uh, Coach Ben over here, uh, we have our playoff game on Sunday at nine a.m. Eastern time. It's a playoff game. If we win this game, we go to the championship of the Hungarian 
professional football league. So, so if y'all want to watch it 9am, anybody that's out there listening, you can watch it 9am this Sunday. It's very early in the morning. Send me the link. I will go to your church at 7am service so you can get back home in time to watch. That's true. So (laughs) 9am, uh, we play the Uipesh Bulldogs. We are the, Okay, I want to say our name. You can laugh. Okay, everyone that I've said on the podcast, they've laughed. So, or I've I've talked to. We're called the Budapest Cowbells, <laughs> dude. I had I, a cough. It's not a laugh. No, it's it's. Good. We're, we're used <laughs> I had to a it. Cough. <laughs> we're used to it. But hey, check that out. But also, we do want to say thanks to to Chris for coming on. Um, we it's been great to have a, a guest on once again, um, and just to have a good time talking about some sports. Uh, cool. Uh, also, before we go, Chris, why don't you go? It's been a long time. Plug in what you guys are doing. Uh, let us know so we can we can make sure everyone knows what's going on. Hey, you can find me on the Menace of Sports YouTube channel where I pretend to know about football, and my co-host knows a lot about football. <laughs> so <laughs> that's it. I don't, I don't I don't need a plug. I'm just happy to be able to do this for a living, and uh, just more of a blessing. But no, nah, man, just just kind of having fun, trying to record more, pick up the work. I, I think I think I'm. I'm close, guys. I'm really close. I haven't I haven't said this yet on any other show, but I'm working on uh, launching my own passion project, a good old boxing podcast mid-July. So land the groundwork for that on the Menace of Sports mm-hmm. Network. But other than that, I'm kind of just working and talking and pretending to talk about ball. And, you know, I'm about to start placing some irrational bets on Ohio State winning a sneaky natty this year. <laughs> <laughs> but anything to speak it into existence. But thank you, guys. I appreciate you both. Hey. Of course, man. We appreciate it. Um, if all of you have loved watching this episode, go ahead and uh, like it and subscribe on YouTube. Also, head on over to Menace of Sports and also make sure you drop a follow and a subscription over there. They would appreciate it. I know we appreciate it. So, also, if you live in, uh, listening on uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you know, give us a five star. Again, I say this every time, but who's better looking, Josh or Chris? That's that's the question. Who's better that's looking? The question. Um, who's Definitely more swole? Josh, bro. Josh is diesel right now. Josh is not allowed anywhere near any of the girls I like. Nowhere near <laughs> him. <laughs> oh, that is that is that would be something to foretell. But anyways, we do appreciate uh everyone listening and 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 tuning in. We we always are um enjoy we enjoy what we're doing. So we hope you guys enjoy it as well. Uh, and and as we always say, go watch some sports this weekend. Baseball, golf, if you want to watch golf or other things going on. Watch the Cowbells play their playoff game. But all that to be said, we hope you guys have a great weekend. And until next time, we'll see ya.